nossa glória Jesus Let me wash Then what can wash not quickly forget about that as we enter in his presence let's just thank him for yesterday there's more to come there's more to come
because of Jesus. Oh, it's because of you, Lord. I'm able to worship. I'm able to sing songs to you. I'm able to be free. I'm able to be free. It's because of you. It's because of you, Lord. Because of your sacrifice, it's because of your sacrifice. Oh, what a price! Oh, what a price that you paid for me, oh Lord. You paid the price for me. Oh, and you gave it all. You gave it all. You gave your life. For me, in your life, for me, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, I say thank you, I praise you for what you've done, oh I'm hopelessly in love with Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you, Lord. Come and fill my heart today. Come and fill my heart today. I'm desperate for you. Oh, there's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. Oh, come on and tell me your words. There's no one like you, Jesus. Oh, I say,
God is saying, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. I just hear the Lord just saying that. Just ringing in my head yesterday as Pastor Glenn was preaching. I just want to confirm that if you just feel that the Lord's not done with you, you're just thinking, is this it? (laughs) This is nowhere. There's so much more. He's not done with you. Just inviting His presence daily. Come on, it's inviting His presence into your life, into your heart, into your mind.
the Lord this morning. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're going to continue worship in just a few moments. If I could just get uh, Jason and David Montez to move the podium onto the floor, please. And then all of those who are going to be baptized, if you can meet us in the back, I think most of them are already there. So many of them in the hallways. Come on and grab a seat. Oh, here we got one guy right here. You're going to get baptized, my brother? Come on, let's give it up for my brother right here getting baptized. Uh, Berto, will you show him the way to go and go with him as well? Sid, go with uh, him as well. Thank you. Uh, from Michelle and the young lady, I just can't think of your name. Can you two guys come into these rows up here? We're trying to just stay within the first uh, four rows. Thank you. want to make sure everybody gets a good seat. If any of your friends are getting baptized... Uh, you definitely can come closer, but don't block people's view. Let's give it up for the amigos right here getting baptized. Amen. They, they just did a full circle, but that's okay. Amen. We have ladies on this side, gentlemen on that side. There's at least a dozen that are rededicating their life or getting baptized for the first time. And so we are just so thankful that we as a church get to participate in this baptism service. I'm just going to send Jared into the hallways and just make sure that everybody would come, even the children that are old enough, tell them to come because I think it's good. It's a public thing to do baptisms. How many remember the time you got baptized? Amen. Wasn't that beautiful? And we believe that God is going to have that impact now into their lives, into their Families, because this is very special. So in just a few moments, we're going to start having them come this way. I'm sure Andrew already did the sound check. You, you got it, the microphone. Um, uh, Chris, would you sit down the base for a moment, please, and just make sure that microphone is hot? Because I probably don't want to touch it from the water. That wouldn't be a good thing. And then all the baptisms. We would go then from um, baptizing to burying and that's another church ordinance, and we don't want to do that this weekend. You can get a little closer, Steve. You don't have to be afraid. There we go. 
You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, if you want to turn there now, chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, give you a few moments to get there. The Bible talks about Jesus said to his disciples, he said to them, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to believe all that I have commanded you. And surely I am oh, baptizing them. That's an important part. I'm trying to do it from memory. You guys there in Matthew 28, 18, you guys keep me on track. Jesus said unto them, go into all the world and make what? Disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the what? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey what? Everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you till when? End of the age. Thank you. So we are going to baptize now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They're going to come up. They're going to share their testimony. Berto and I are going to lay them down in what's known as the liquid grave. The liquid grave, the water, it represents the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. When somebody comes into the water, they're dry. They get into the water, they're half dry, half wet. They then are at a point of decision. When they confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord, they get fully submerged. This is now a spiritual death. Their sins are being taken away on the death of Jesus' cross. When they come up, now they're soaking wet, totally different than when they had come in. They were dry, now they come in wet, symbolizing the resurrection, the life of Jesus. Are you guys with me? The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus is seen in the baptismum tank, the dunking, and then the coming out wet. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus makes all things new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any person is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. Everybody say new creation. Thank you. The old has gone. The new has come. We are celebrating today the newness of life in their life today. The Bible says that there is a life that's given to all men. Uh, you know, you're alive, people are alive, and they... I'm good thing that I'm, I'm happy that the tension pulled it out because that wouldn't have been pretty anyways. Um, and so when we look at the, bur the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, we're talking about souls here today being changed because everybody was given a life, but not everybody has eternal life. Somebody say Zoe. Come on, say it again. Zoe. Zoe. Zoe is the Greek word for everlasting life. Everlasting life. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that ye may have life and have it to the full. He says the thief comes to steal, 
to steal your destiny, to steal your purpose. He comes to kill. He comes to end your life early. And He comes to destroy your eternal soul in hell. But Jesus said, I came to give you Zoe. The God kind of life. Everlasting life. And that Zoe, that life, He says, I want you to have it in abundance. He says, I want you to have it in full. Nothing lacking. Thief comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that you may have zoe. You may have life and have it in abundance. Today in baptism, we are celebrating the abundant God kind of life. And these family and friends up here. And the reason why we do it at our retreats, number one, is we don't have a baptismal tank in our church. But the other reason why we do it is because we want you to be encouraged by the greatest act in the whole world. Greater than healings, greater than miracles, even greater than the creation of the world itself is the saving of a soul. Jesus said when a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them is lost, he will leave the 99 to go and get that one. He says the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. What you're witnessing today is the work of a church over seven years by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit over seven years going into the highways and byways of Chicago to seek and save the lost having the heart of Jesus for the one lost sheep you know when my wife and I when we start I'm just going to get comfortable is that okay y'all ain't ready for me to do this right here I, I, I gotta give me just a second I'm, I always get wearing these t-shirts and they don't look right so I said, today I'm coming like Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. Glenn was like, you need a mullet and you are on in the trailer park ministry. So funny. When I used to take off my shirt when I was younger and thinner, the women would go, oh my. Now when I just took it off, you could just hear some of the women, oh my. Oh my, pastor, I'll never see you the same again. Put back on the sweatshirt. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I get that. But I'm married, and that's okay. I get a pass, okay? All of this gets a pass. My wife loves me, and that's all that counts. So, when Jesus came to seek and save the lost, he hung out with prostitutes, the, the, the dirty, the unclean of his society. He hung out with tax collectors on a whole other spectrum. Not a sexually perverted person, but a corrupt person. And then when he called his 12, his disciples, he didn't look for the good ones. He didn't, when he went to the fishing wharf, to the pier, and he wanted to find fishermen, Jesus didn't go to the guys that are the perfect Jewish fishermen. He went to the guys like on Deadliest Catch. You ever seen the show Deadliest Catch? The guys with, I mean, they make me look like a supermodel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just girl, let's go get her done. I mean, they're just crazy guys out there. They cuss every other word. They don't take showers. That was Peter. Peter was a gruff, manly man. He had nothing gentle about him. He wasn't a kind man. When he was put to his test, if you remember, at the time of Jesus... When he was put to a test to whether or not he would acknowledge Jesus, what did he do? He swore because swearing was normal to him. 
He was a fisherman. So what you're going to see today is Metro Praise's greatest triumph. The thing we boast in the most before God is that He allowed us to win souls. And we do it in the summer retreat and we do it in the winter retreat. And just to give you an example, because, you know, some churches, they make their business of taking people from other churches. They try to have the best carnival rides, you know, the best whatever, to get people from other churches to come. But our church specializes on winning the lost and making new converts. Just to give you an example in this congregation right here, if you were baptized at Metro Praise, would you stand up? If you were baptized at Metro Praise, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. Come on. Thank you. You may be seated. See, we are a soul-winning church. And so as you see these testimonies today, a testimony means to witness a fact. If you put somebody on trial and they make a testimony, a sworn testimony, that means they are witnessing to a fact, something they know is true. Sir, did you see that man with the gun? Yes. Is that your testimony? Yes. Do you swear upon the truth? Yes. The whole truth, nothing but truth. Yes. When they come up here, they are going to share their testimony. Did you meet Jesus? Yes. Did he change your life? Yes. Do you know that he's real? Yes. Everything inside of you, is that what is true? Yes. And the Bible says this. They talking about all Christians, but specifically those today who are recognizing it publicly, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life unto death. Are you ready to hear some words of testimony this morning? Amen. So give me just a moment as I dip on in. And uh, band, just kind of make it not so awkward when we're doing all the stuff. And everybody have fun. Let's say, let's do it. Come on, let's sing. Come on, watch and watch. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus.
baptized because I wanted to full out two-faced life for them. I just wanted to give my own life to them and give my life to him until I die.
let's stand to our feet. Let's come to these altars and let's worship. Come to these altars. And I want you to pray. Come on to these altars. I want you to start praying for your families, your lost loved ones, that they'll be in this baptismal tank in the summer. Let's just turn down the lights a little bit and let's intercede for the next few moments. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. But we pray now you will save our families. More, God. More souls. Come on, lift up your voices, fam. Let's pray out. We cry to you, Lord. already another one wants to get baptized friends we can never stop praying for the lost when my wife and I we started this church seven years ago in our house we said God use us to change your world and every retreat every retreat without fail there are many many baptisms but I know you like me are still praying for your family members I've baptized hundreds, literally hundreds of people 
but I haven't baptized my sister or my brother. And I've already lost one of my sisters to drinking and driving. And so like you, I'm still praying and believing that God can still save them. Amen. Chicago has experienced, specifically where we live, Chicago has experienced many revivals. Why not in this generation? Why not again? Could you imagine a time when a thousand people get baptized in a day? Three thousand got saved and baptized in the day of Pentecost. Five thousand a couple weeks later. Can you believe with me that God will do that in our city and cities around our nation? Amen. Amen. We're waiting for a young lady to come and get ready to be baptized. But maybe could you just look to somebody at your left or your right right now and just share the name of maybe the top three on your mind that you just want to see get saved. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for Lisa. I'm praying for Mitch. I'm praying for Uncle Fred, Uncle Frank, Aunt Carol. And then now would you just kind of just pray for those names just together? You don't have to hold hands. You don't Just, just kind of say a prayer for each other right now. Just go, God. Would you save Lisa? Would you save Mitch? Uncle Fred, Uncle Frank, God, would you save him? Betty? What's the other sister's name? Lupe. Mom and Dad, Guevara. Victor Rubio. Would you save them, Lord? So many in our families we're still praying for. In the name of Jesus. Brian. Pickens, Andrew Pickens, hallelujah, Rachel Pickens, Sergio Nieves, save them, Lord, save them, Jesus, our families are precious to you. Would you begin just to sing that, Adam, as we continue to wait the amazing grace song, thank you. Oh, here she is, here she is. sing a few worship songs, so just stay up here, and then we'll have Glenn preach. Let's worship a little bit more. Amen. You can take it all, take it all, and just give me Jesus, and just give me Jesus. You can take it all, Take it all 
And just give me Jesus. And just give me Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Sing it out. Well, you can take it all. You take it all. And just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Yeah. Well, you can take it all. Take it all. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, oh, well, you can take it all, take it all. Just give me Jesus, just give me Jesus. Well, you can take it all, take it all. Just give me Jesus, just give me Jesus. Oh, Almighty Lord. And all my devotion belongs to this man. And all my devotion belongs to this man. Come sing all my. And all my devotion. Sing, come on, 
back And I made up my mind I'm giving all of my life This time No turning back I made up my mind I'm giving all of my life This time Your love makes it worth it Your love makes it worth it all Your love makes it worth it all Your love makes it worth it Your love makes it worth it all Love makes it worth it all one more time. Your love makes it worth it. Your love makes it worth it all. Your love makes it worth it all. Your love makes it worth it. Your love makes it worth it all. Your love makes it worth it. sit down and go on with the preaching. Would you just raise your hands and just let God know today that His love is worth it all. We've been talking a lot this week. Brother Glenn has been sharing about the process, the trials we go through in life. Would you let God know it's worth it? All just to know Jesus more. It's worth it, God. We won't turn our back on you. Lord, be with this service. Empower us to know more about our purpose and not to get discouraged in the process. In your precious name, in Jesus' name, can everybody shout out amen? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on. Amen. Find three people, slap a my five, and say, this is cool. Amen. Welcome to church on a Saturday in Lake Geneva. Isn't this cool? Welcome. Amen. How's everybody doing this afternoon or morning? You all good? How many of you slept all right? How many didn't get a lot of sleep? Okay, you guys were up all night partying. Man, it's so exciting to be here. It's our third service with Brother Glenn. It's awesome to be here. Just want to give you guys a couple little updates because we are winding down with this part of the trip. Everybody go, ah. Oh. Amen. Thank you. We are winding out this part of the trip, but it's going to continue in Chicago. And how many know Chicago needs the fuego de Dios? Chicago needs the fire of God. So we're going to bring it back like a smoldering hot coal and lay it into the dry wood of Chicago and set it ablaze. Look at your neighbor and go, fuego! Fuego! Okay, let me give you guys a couple of quick announcements. We are definitely having all Sunday morning services tomorrow, okay? 
We're having 201 class in all campuses. So church is going to continue on. How many know when you're getting close to God, you don't cut out church? Hey, Pastor, since we did the retreat this weekend, are we going to sleep in on Sunday? No. No. Pastor, since we did the retreat, are we not going to Wicker Park? No. Of course we're going. We're going. We're having Sunday, a 201 class. Sunday, 9 a.m. service. Sunday, 11 a.m. service. 201 class at Wicker Park, 3.30. And 201 uh, uh, service at Wicker Park at 5 p.m. And then the Wicker Park people are really cool. They can just hop in the vehicles and show up for the Sunday night service. Amen. Now, before you think we're crazy, you don't have to go to all the services. Just pick one in the morning and go to it, but show up at night. Amen? So what did it look like for you this weekend? What does a retreat on fire weekend look like for Metro Praise? Come to church Friday. We boom. You did that yesterday. Friday night was awesome. Saturday morning. We purposely, please hear me on this. We purposely give you the afternoon and off. We will be leaving out of here after lunch, and we do a small little session right around 2 or 3. Okay, how many stay up on Saturday past 2 or 3? Okay, so most of you are up at 3 in the afternoon. How many stay up past 3 in the afternoon on Saturdays? So there should be no reason, no reason why when we're done at 3, you drive home, get to bed at 5, have dinner. There's no reason why you shouldn't wake up and come to church, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't Joe's first rodeo. Okay, this is why I have to do this. Because like I said last year, I was all excited. Because I, because I'm going to tell you an announcement right here about some of you testifying. And I was like, come on, let's testify Sunday morning because I know there's a lot of people who couldn't make it. So we're going to show up and be all awesome. And then like we show up and there's like four people there. And it's like, wah, wah. Not again this year. Are you all tracking with me? Okay, so we are going to have a wonderful service. Whenever Brother Glenn says we're done, we're done. We'll have lunch give you some free time right around three-ish. We'll meet here for an hour just to debrief, just to put it all together so hopefully you can package it up and bring it home. And then you're going home from here at 4 o'clock. It's an hour drive home. You're going to be home around 5, amen? Enjoy the evening. Get some family time in. Go to a restaurant. Treat me out to dinner. Fogo de chow. Amen. It was my birthday a couple days ago. Do whatever you want, okay? And then come to church tomorrow, okay? Uh, the next thing I want to say is when you come to Metro Praise tomorrow, come ready to share a testimony. Rachie Rach is going to be leading worship. Rachie Rach, can you wave your hand? Let's give it up for Rachie Rach in the house. So they're going to be leading it. And at some point in the service, Rachie Rach is going to be playing the piano. She's going to be bouncing around. And she's going to go, okay, guys, who's got a testimony from the retreat? Go to Adam's microphone, something like that. And that's when I want to see baptismal candidates. I want to see you who got touched by a word from Glenn. Just run up to the microphone. And just and, and, and no matter how you try to calm yourself down, it never comes out calm. It's okay, though. You grab Hey, I just want to tell everybody the retreat was awesome. Just do that. That's okay. Or if you want to try to like beat that excitement when you get to the mic, just be like, I just want to tell everybody the retreat was awesome. Okay. Just come up to the microphone and just be like, yeah, Glenn gave me a word. You know, I was baptized. God changed my life and we'll keep the music playing. Somebody else, you know, will come up. And then that way in each one of our services, we can encourage everybody. So everybody go church on Sunday. Now this, thank you. Now this is where we go over the top Sunday night is our last revival service, but we open it up to the whole city.
So I want you guys, please, to get on Facebook, Twitter, your phone, uh, you know, mail a letter, do whatever you got to do, drop it in their mailbox, I guess, when to make it there. But get your friends and family to come because Sunday night, Brother Glenn is going to preach a short word and then just start praying for everybody. Every single person will get prayed for. We're going to lay hands on everybody. We're going to pray for miracles. We're going to cast out demons. I mean, it's going to be powerful. Those of you who remember last year, it is going to be powerful. And this is what I'm asking you to do. So here's my last announcement. When you come to that Sunday night service, we don't know what our friends and family think about church. That's between them and God. But you guys who came here, when you gave monies to be here, it was just to cover food and and, uh, lodging. That was it. It doesn't cover Brother Glenn's expenses. Though he's not a pastor that requires them, we want to bless him with them. So Sunday evening, would you come with your best offering to give towards Brother Glenn's ministry? Double portions is the name of it. Checks will be written out to Metro Praise. You can even do it online as well with your credit cards, whatever. But as you give to him, we're going to sow seed into a missionary evangelist who goes all over the world. There are things I'm still finding out about him because Glenn's nature is to be humble. He was telling me that he was, you know, he's telling the story. And I was like, how many Indians were there? Because he was in India. He's like, oh, about four to 6,000. It just blew my mind. Four to 6,000. I mean, that's the type of influence he has now in India because of the consistency, the places he's been. Not to get caught up in numbers, but he invested $20,000 into that Bible college in India. So my goal is to raise at least $1,000 Sunday night for him. That's my bottom line. We want to raise $1,000 at least to cover his expenses. So come to church Sunday. That's what God asks us to do. And then come to the revival service with friends or family. Get on the horn. Invite somebody. And then those of you here, come to sow a seed. And the Bible says when you sow seed, you receive, okay? So this is not just throwing money out to the movie like you went to last week. This is not just throwing money away like on that iTunes song you just got or that new outfit or that haircut you got. We're still trying to figure out what you're doing with that. You know, this money actually gives you back gives you back a favor in the eyes of God. You can't buy it with your money, but the Bible says when you give, you shall receive. You're under the blessing of God. It's a principle. It's not a buying of it. It's just investing. Everybody say investing. Amen. I don't think I've grieved the Holy Ghost. How many believe the Holy Ghost is still here? Amen. Brother Boom Boom, you ready to do it one more time? Let's give it up for Brother Glenn Boom Boom Badonsky. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's just pray for a minute. Amen. Father, we just worship you. We thank you for everything that's been done up till now, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the deliverances that you wrought last night in this place, God. Thank you for the conviction, God. Thank you that we weren't able to circumvent it, Lord God. Thank you that we weren't able to push it off, God. Thank you for those that came this morning and were baptized in water, obeying your command, Lord God. Thank you for those that followed through with the conviction and said, I can't just sit back, I want to be baptized too. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't allow us to push off your presence, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you allowed us to experience your power. Up to this point, Lord God, there's nothing like it, Lord God. Even after this day, God, there'll be nothing like the services that we had here. Because each time we're in your presence, it's so unique, Lord. It's so amazing, God. And God, we're just perplexed this morning. We just are just 
bewildered, God. We just cannot understand what it is about us that makes you want us so much. Father, help us to just get us get a glimpse of you today. And Father, we've, as we've been ministering on processes, and I, I can I can just discern in this room that so many are so engaged and are ready to move forward in things in their life and are saying yes to the processes of God. Lord, I just pray, God, that as we, you know, as we're sealing up this day and as we're finishing up this retreat and, and this session of, of instructions and set of directions, God, I pray, God, that you'll help me to say everything that needs to be said to provoke the hearts to righteousness, Lord God. And I thank you for the privilege and honor to minister to your people, your special people, Lord God, your chosen people, this generation, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for not disappointing us. Thank you for when we trusted in you, God, you didn't let us down. Thank you for allowing us to acknowledge you in this moment. Come on, just take a minute and acknowledge God in this moment. He brought you to where you are right now. He's going to bring you out to bring you in. He'll bring you out of this place and out of the things that you confess to him. Not to leave you walking in a wilderness, but to bring you in to a promised land. A land that flows with milk and honey. A land that flows with blessing and favor of God. A land that is fit for your feet to tread upon. I said there is a land that is fit for your feet to tread upon. To take possession of it. To stand in the earth and proclaim that our God reigns. And Father, I just thank you for the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom that you've given us. I thank you that there are so many giftings, God, that have been unlocked and opened up. Thank you for that access, Lord God. Thank you for the access to men and women's hearts. Thank you for the children who have innocently and honestly worshipped you, Lord God. Out of the mouth of babes, you have perfected praise, O God. Thank you for them, Lord God. We bless you for all the workers and those that have served us in this time, those that cooked the food, that, 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 that did the things of order, God, and gave of themselves and sacrificed time and sleep. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just be grateful for, for those that have given to the Lord for your sake. Thank you, Lord, for those that have worshipped and led us into your presence on instruments and through microphones, Lord God. Thank you for creating that atmosphere through your servants, the, the, the ones that are our are, are leaders, God, the ones that we look to, God, the ones that hold a good testimony before you and before the people, Lord God. Thank you for their steadfastness, Lord God. Thank you for their faithful example, O God. It builds faith in us to see them serve you in such a way, to see them serve us in such a way. It builds our faith, God. It inspires us, Lord. So thank you for using these godly men and women as examples, oh God. Thank you for those that are continuing, God, in the faith, God. 
Thank you, Lord, for healing sick bodies in this place. Thank you for healing broken hearts in this place. Thank you for repairing the minds of people in this place, Lord God. And we just bless you for all that you've done up till now and what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. It's nothing like just reflecting for a minute and thanking God on what he's done. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up in the the fun of it. Amen. Um, you know, it's like you, when you go to like an amusement park or to a fair and you, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience and maybe if it's a ticket rides and stuff like that and you buy a certain amount of tickets and then you're just using all your tickets up and then you're like down to the point where you're like, I only got three tickets left. And you can't even remember what you wrote on. <laughs> Amen. Because you get so caught up in the excitement of everything that's happening. It's so cool and experience. And that's what it was like in here. I feel like this weekend it's been a little bit like that. We've been doing and finding out so much. It's just been, it, it, it takes, a, it takes a, a, a minute to kind of process. Amen. And that's what I want you to do when you go home from here today. Amen. To process the things that God said to you. That's why it's important to write them down. If you have your Bible, it has a section in the front or the back or somewhere that you have in your Bible. You can write down the words that God spoke to you. It's very important. I look back and I've got Bibles from years ago. And I'll every now and then the Holy Spirit will prompt me to go back and look at some promises that God made. Some challenges that he made. And, and the hard things that he says to me. Because it's easy to, you know... Uh, to forget those things over time. But when we go back to them, it's almost like God gives us back some of the strength that he gave us at the time that it was given. Amen? So I just urge you to write down if it was scriptures or experience that you had. You know, even 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 just testifying of it. You know, I love the fact that Facebook is such a great tool. Amen? And not only a tool, but it can be a great weapon to battle back against the devil and his onslaught. Amen? I'm looking forward to the post that will go up on Facebook and, and the souls that will be stirred and the other Christian believers that are in other cities or in other places are going to read what happened in this place. And that's what it's like. Okay, so it's like a, a lightning struck here. Amen? But when we testify and we sound out what God did, it's like the thunder that comes after the lightning. Amen? They may not have felt the lightning, but they're sure going to be rattled by the thunder. Amen? That's what happens when we testify. It's like we open up the experience that happened to us and faith is shaking. Hallelujah. It's rumbling. It's like thunder. And it, it, it's just like, you know, days from now when you go back and then you start to tell it, then you, all of a sudden you feel your hair growing about an inch on top of your head and all over your body. Amen. I'm telling you, with all the experiences we had in here, we ought to be coming out like Bigfoot. But what I'm saying to you today is that share the experiences that you had. Amen. That's part of the process. Amen. Inspiring others to get into the process. Hallelujah. I want to look at Romans chapter uh, chapter one, uh, sorry, chapter 12 today. And I know it's a very familiar passage of scripture. I, I, I don't. Um, I don't know where the service is going to end up. I just know where I'm starting. Amen. And that's pretty much how it goes with me a lot of times. Romans chapter 12. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, or therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay? We all, we, we, we all if you've been saved for a time, you've heard this verse, you've quoted this verse, you've tried to live this verse. It's a daily life verse. Amen? This is a theme verse for, this should be a theme verse of your life. Amen? You have to incorporate that into you. And it's very plain. This is Paul. He's beseeching. That word beseech is to really plead with. He's like, this is going to take care of a lot of your problems. Okay, guys? <laughs> this is going to take care of all those things that are tripping you up. Just, do, just listen to me. Present your bodies. Someone say present. Present as in present as give, like you get a present for your birthday or you get a present during the Christmas season. You get a present and Valentine's Day is coming up. Come on, somebody. To present yourselves, to give yourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, is it? I mean, I, I know this is not the actual uh, Greek word, the, the context of it, but in our society, we can play on words, I mean, because that's what we do. And they did that throughout the Bible. There was lots of plays on words. That's what makes the Bible so humorous. If you study the languages and you see the, 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 the words that they use to describe certain situations, it can make you, if you learn the, the uh, etymologies and you learn about the real history and meanings of words, it can be very humorous in the way that God told prophets to prophesy about certain things. But, you know, when you say present, if I tell you what you're getting... It's it, there's no mystery in it. There's no surprise in it. Amen. There, I mean, it's not taken away from the fact that I'm giving you something, but there's something about getting something that's wrapped up. Amen. And setting that before. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if you put I mean, come on, husband, if you go home and you have a present. that's wrapped up in a nice bow and you put on. The, the, the front of it in big letters to you from me. Now, your wife doesn't know if that's for her or not. But she's going to be interested in what's that, that present doing there. And you better hope she thinks it's for her. Amen. But you leave that there and she's saying, oh, who's that for? And then you could just read the card to you from me. Well, the card says to you from me. Who's you? Is that you or is that me you? And who's me? Who's the me that's giving this to you? Come on. You see, it, it, it starts this process of investigation. Hallelujah. It starts this process of thinking through what, you know, what's behind this thing. And not only who's it from and who's it to, but what's inside that thing, right? The curiosity begins to build. Amen. And, and there is, there, there is a, a, a mystery involved in that. And you know, and, and if we look at that, that there's a presenting of ourselves to offer yourselves or to present yourselves or your bodies as living sacrifices. And it's not that God don't know what's in the box because he does. Amen. But it's up to him when you give him the gift to unwrap it. Amen. And to pull out what's inside. Amen. Living sacrifices. Now, I hope nobody would wrap up a dirty diaper, put it in a nice package, put a nice bow on it, put to you from me. 
and give that to somebody that you love. Would you do that? You wouldn't? So please let me ask you a question. When we give up, quote unquote, things to God. Well, I'm giving up this habit. Are you giving that as a present, as a gift unto him? Are you giving that to, for him to throw into the trash? Amen. We make it like, oh, it's such a sacrifice for me to give up sin. But in essence, what you're trying to say to God is, here's a dirty diaper, God. I've wrapped this up for you in a nice little package. And you know what? I'm finally ready to give this to you, God. God doesn't want that as some gift to him. He wants you. He wants you and he'll take you as you are. Amen. He says, come as you are, but he never says stay as you are. Come on, somebody. See, that's the thing. We want people to come as they are, and I, I'm, I'm all for that, because I wouldn't want you to come no other way. To come any other way is to be fake. You've got to come as you are, all you, all your shortcomings, all your frailties, all your weaknesses, and in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Amen? But he cannot perfect you if you don't give him all of you. Amen? And giving him all of you is not just coming to an altar and saying, I'm giving you my life, Jesus. That is the beginning of the process. We've talked about this. Amen? And as more revelation comes in your life, you understand that there's more to do. Amen? The more you know, the more you're accountable for, the more you've got to do. Amen? John the Baptist lived his whole life preparing the way of the Lord. Amen? And then he got to a point in John 30, uh, 3.30, and he, he understands something happens to him. A new revelation comes to him about his purpose. He says, I must decrease because he must increase. Meaning the followers that are following me have got to stop following me now because the one that is perfect has come. The one that I'm not fit to unlatch his shoes has come. Amen. The one that I've been telling you about is here. And now my purpose, my revelation of my assignment in God has changed. Some of you are still doing old assignments that you have already completed. You know what? Some of you are still trying to convince people to stay a part of your life who God is trying to move out. If the assignment's over, it's trying to move on and get the next assignment. Amen. If there's a revelation in your life of he must increase or this area of my life needs to increase and this area of my life needs to decrease and you're not doing it, you're not in the process any longer. You have ejected yourself out of the process. You are not presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. You presented yourself once upon a time and once upon a time doesn't happen in the Bible. It happens in fairy tales. And this ain't no fairy tale. This is the real thing. 
This is the real gospel. The gospel is not old news. If the gospel's old news, it has no power. It's just a history book. The gospel is still fresh and relevant. Amen? The gospel, the cracking of the whip on the back of Jesus, the him turning over the tables, him breaking and blessing the bread and the fish, the nails and the blood dripping down that never dried up is still fresh. The resurrection power of the living God is still fresh. It's not stale. It's not old. It's not history. Amen. It's still processing through you and I every time we let that book and that faith from that outer realm mix together. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith enters into this dimension by hearing and hearing the word of God. You don't imagine up faith like a fairy tale story with a big wand and say, I'm going to make it all better. Tink. Word of God literally rips open the veil again to allow faith to enter in. And with the revelation of he must increase, I must decrease, it goes to every category and every area of your life. There's areas in your life that God wants to increase. Amen. And there are areas in your life that he's trying to decrease. Amen. And the more that you increase in the areas that he's trying to increase, the closer you're getting to your purpose. Amen? And seasons change. Say seasons change. Amen? We didn't have snow on the ground a couple of days ago. I heard it was, you know, it was pretty nice, 50 degrees. You know, was it last week or a week before? And in a moment, 800 flights canceled yesterday. Amen? Seasons can change in a moment. And you can be caught outside without the right gear on. Amen? And some of you are in a season of life that you're wearing the wrong stuff for. You've got your old assignment. You've got the old, the old ways of doing the things that you did. Listen to me. If he increased you in that area of life, he's not going to keep on increasing. Come on. It, it, Lesson in bodybuilding. You know, there are these guys that walk around and they're all bulked up at top and you look down at their legs and they look like chickens. I mean, like, they're like super, I mean, once they get up from the table, you're like, what happened? We'd like to do an interview with you, sir, but please sit at this table. If you only work out one area of your faith, the rest of your faith uh, suffers. You could be strong in something and you're going to be weak in, 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 in all these other areas. But God's not trying to just make you strong in one area. He's trying to complement and accent. Amen. And he's trying to bring it up. And there's see when we rely too heavily on a gift or we rely too heavily on one word from God, then God comes in and he prunes it. He cuts it back because, you know, look at the tree. I mean, we want the tree to grow full and lush. We don't want just one side of the tree to bear fruit. Amen. 
And some of you are like that in the spirit this morning. I'm looking and I'm seeing people and only one side of your tree is bearing fruit. The other side's barren. And you got it all together in this area. I'll give it to you for that. But listen to me. When you rely too heavy on an area, God is a good father. God is a gardener. And he knows how to prune a tree. You rely too much on your charisma. You rely too much on you getting out of situations with the way you talk and you calm the situation down. There's going to come out a situation that you're not going to be able to do it. You're going to look, you're going to try to pull the fruit and you've eaten all that there is on the tree. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now this is where verse 2 comes to the, it comes to the pudding. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world or be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Come on. Can you just ingrain that into your whole way of living? Don't conform yourself to the pattern of this world. Don't follow the patterns and principles of the people of this world. Amen? I talked about it yesterday. Already in you, the years of sin and living in a sin-soaked society have meshed you with principles that are ungodly. I can take a person from a foreign country that's never left a village in India. I can put them on a plane and get them and put them in my house and they will die in a couple of days if I don't show them how to live in that house. They'll die of thirst and they'll die of hunger. I mean, my house has got water. I mean, the plumbing is throughout the house. There's faucets there. You can turn things on and off. There's cans of food there. There's an oven. There's a microwave. What a shame for a person to have to die in a house that's filled with water and food. You know, you have been plumbed with the eternal living water of God inside of you. And you're acting and living as though you're coming from another country. You leave this world behind and you become a citizen of the nation of heaven. The kingdom of God. Hello? Hello? Unless you turn on the faucet, unless you push the button to make the water come out, you're not going to get any water. Come on, walk with me now. I'm giving you a physical and spiritual concept at the same time here. We brought a person from another place that never saw anything like a house. It doesn't know what indoor plumbing is. And they're going to go into a house and not know how to use it. They're going to die. You know, people are thirsty that are a part of the kingdom of God because they don't know how to get water in the house to work for them. Hello? 
you get thirsty and all you got to do is turn the faucet. All you got to do is know how to open up something and put it in. Hallelujah. I'm saying, look, if the person from another country comes, they can be loaded down and they can have rupees all they want to. They go to the store or they use their money. It's not going to work. Because that currency doesn't work in this country. Those principles don't work in the kingdom of God. Lie to get out of stuff. Does that work in the kingdom of God? No, it does not. You lie, you fry. Sapphira died when she lied. What I'm saying is we're living in a new kingdom. We're trying to use old currency in the new kingdom. We're trying to use old ways of doing things. We're trying to, we've forgotten that we've moved out. Amen? We've forgotten that inside of us is the eternal and living water of the Holy Ghost. And we've got to turn on the faucet every time we pray. Come on, somebody. Every time we get into the Word, every time we get into His presence, we're turning on the water. Amen? And it's a process. To get the water into the body to hydrate it. Amen. You can look at the water all day long in a glass. If you're thirsty, you got to drink it. Amen. The body is dying of hydration and you never put the water inside. If I splash myself with water. I want to have good skin and I'm going to die. I'm going to be clean, but I'm going to die. Because you got to put the water in. In order to hydrate. Amen. It's not enough for us to come here and talk about the process. You got to put the process in you. You've got to. Hydrate your body. You've got to get the water flowing through so that the process, come on. Without water in your system on a regular basis, you're not going to clean out the impurities in your body. Just the same way as your physical body does, your spiritual body does. You've got to get water on the inside. And it's got to begin to hydrate and begin to filter through your body. Come on, somebody. You've got organs inside of you. So there's spiritual organs and organisms inside of you that God sets up and he erects in the scriptures. They'll filter out things in your life. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can you say amen? In the New Living Translation, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Can you say amen? Can you say hallelujah? Say, I believe it, Jesus. You got this thing, the inner chamber of your heart, okay? And not everything that you do is processed through it. It should be. You have this thing called the Spirit of God inside of you, and not everything and decision that you make is being 
processed or filtered through that. And that's where you and I get into trouble, isn't it? When we make decisions not filtered, we make decisions based upon conformity to our old way and our old thoughts the way that we did things when we were younger, the way that we did things to get out of trouble, the way that we got what we wanted, the way that we manipulated, the way that we teased. And we're in a new kingdom trying to use that currency to get things done. It don't work. It don't work. You may have been able to intimidate your way into a friendship, a relationship with a man or a woman. You may have been able to manipulate your, yourself into the life of people by doing things, getting dirt on them, gossiping them about other people to destroy their character so that you could be liked and loved more. Come on, we're wicked people now. Don't look at me in that tone of voice like you're all innocent. on the principle of rage and road rage I'm supposed to turn the other bumper so why if I'm supposed to turn the other bumper do I feel myself hitting the gas and looking and breaking my neck like this on the way past them because i still conforming to the pattern of this world. It gets kind of quiet when you talk like this. Did you ever say yes to something you didn't think through? Think for a minute. Did you ever say yes to something that you didn't think through all the way? To a car? To a house? To a payment? To a lease? To a roommate? Tough times call for tough decisions. No, they call for godly decisions. People will give their body up sexually in order to have a roof over them. What's going to happen to you if you stop? Well, you're going to not conform any longer to the world, and it's going to be tough. But if you're trusting God, and you're not living in that kingdom anymore, you're trusting God in this kingdom, when you're done reaping the consequences of the old lifestyle, the seeds that you have sown will be reaped. And you'll no longer be with a person who takes you for granted that climbs into a bed and takes away what belongs to God and to a husband or to a wife. When women keep their standards, boys become men. And they honor and they respect or they get out of their lives. When men keep their standards, women become confused. What in the world? This guy ain't like all the mother dudes. 
I have seen some ugly dudes get some beautiful women because they kept their standards. <laughs> Please, guys, don't shout hallelujah too much because you're giving up your looks then. I have seen some dog dudes walk out with the model. I said, well, how do you? I told her no ring, no thing. When you hold the standard of the word of God, it is so bewildering to the people of the world. They cannot, they can't put their finger on you and put you in a little, a little slot. Oh yeah, you're like this. It makes a mystery about you. Your customs are not like our customs. Our custom is is that if I dance with you with the lights uh, down dark, you know, sooner or later, if I'm still dancing with you by 2, 3, 30 in the morning, we're going home or we're going to get a tail. A no-tail motel. I mean, that's the custom of this world, isn't it? Come on, I mean, you know, if I'm lonely and you're lonely and we're friends, we can get friends with benefits. Do those benefits extend to the ICU and the AIDS victims in the ICU? I mean, let's just talk about the customs of the world for a minute and how we're trying to bring those customs into our kingdom that now we're living. Amen? Think about it. Process it. Have you ever made a decision where you said yes too quick without thinking it through? Why did I get married? Why did I get married too? You. If you said yes to something based upon an impulse, a rash decision, that is not the pattern of the kingdom in which God has called you into. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is there to help you through your decisions. Patience and peace. Come on, someone. Long-suffering. <laughs> I'm just trying to erect a little bit on the foundation that we've built. Because, see, this is the truth. When you get outside of these doors, you're going to have a choice to either conform to that pattern that you've been conforming to. Or you're going to have to say, wait, I've got to stop doing it this way. You need to start thinking things through. Amen? There's something I like to call the boomerang. And it's, it's about every action in life. It starts in the heart. It goes to the head. And it ends up in the hand. And then it goes back into the head and back into the heart. It's the boomerang. Say the boomerang. The boom taught you about the boomerang, all right? From the heart to the head to the hand to the head to the heart. That's how every action in life is done. I'm not saying there isn't outside influence because we know there are outer influences and stimuluses that make us say yes to things. But then there are those things that started the heart, right? What you desired now became what you did. 
Huh? But before what you did and what you desired happened, there had to be some plotting and planning going on between the two. Amen? The part of you that makes decisions, the volitional part of you, the mind, the will, the emotions, that's the soul. That's the part of you that's being redeemed, that is exchanging the patterns of this world for godly principles. Amen? That's what's happening here. You're laying down your old ways and you're becoming a new person being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, somebody. Say renewed. Your mind is being renewed. Amen? It's being made new. Amen? From the heart to the head to the hand to the head to the heart. What happens is you desire it. Then you plot or plan how to do it. And then you carry out the action. And then when it's done, it comes back to the head because you think about it. You analyze it. And once you analyze it, it goes back into the heart and it becomes absorbed into what you've done and who now you are becoming. Who you are and what you do are two separate things, but they're so closely intertwined that if you do something long enough, it becomes who you are. Amen? I'm Glenn. I preach. That's what I do. I pray for people. That's what I do. And if I do it long enough and I live and I hold that, it becomes who I am. Amen. See, what you do, you're trying to separate from who you are. Amen. You've got to let God mesh the two together. Amen. If you've got sin in your life, you've got to get it out because it's going to get meshed into who you are. Because what happens is you do something, you plot it out, you, then you do it, and then you go back and you begin to analyze it. And if you've done sin, now here's where condemnation enters into the brain and enters into the soul and into the heart of somebody. Now you feel the guilt of the conscience that God gave you to keep you out of trouble. This is how the door to condemnation is open every time. Romans 12, 2 is the godly exchange of principles. It's the transformation. It's living sacrifices being transformed in order to make godly decisions. That's what Romans 2 is saying. You're a living sacrifice being transformed to make godly decisions. Amen? And that's where we're at. That's where we're at here this morning. An unrepaired conscience feels little to no guilt. When your conscience is seared, what it means by seared is that you have done wrong in an area for so long, you no longer feel guilty about it. An unrepaired conscience feels little to no guilt. That's why people can dismiss their sin and still say, I'm okay with Jesus. Because their conscience has been seared so far because they have heard the Holy Ghost enough times to the point where he's not, he's not even able to be heard any longer. Because they just keep pressing past and they grieve the Holy Spirit to the point of a seared conscience. The Bible commands us, do not grieve the Holy Ghost. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. If you resist the Holy Spirit in an area, come on. If you are doing things that God's saying don't do, you can continue to do them. And then God will continue to strive with you for a season. And finally, because you... 
you, 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 you damage that conscience so far that it no longer can point to the direction where God wants you to go. See, the conscience is like a compass. Say compass. A compass tells you where you're going and what direction, right? If you have a compass, the, the needle of the compass always points to the north. What is the, what's north? The heavens. Your conscience will always point you to God when it's been repaired and it's been submitted under him. Amen? That's why the Bible says man is without excuse. He's written it upon their hearts. He's written eternity upon their heart. He's, he's showed them if they'll follow their conscience long enough, they'll know that they're doing what's right when they're not violating their conscience. When you feel guilty, the Bible says whatever's not of faith is sin. When you feel guilty for something that you're doing and you're, it's your conscience, not condemnation, it's your conscience telling you that, you have got to stop. If that means that wearing blue pants, you feel guilty about that, then God may be telling you not to wear blue pants. Now, everybody can be wearing blue pants in your family, but you can't. And if somebody gives you blue pants for Christmas, you've got to say, thank you so much, but this is not my color. I'm using a you know, far-fetched example because you insert what it is. It's not blue pants. It's something else for you. People in your life are able to do things that you know will lead you back to a lifestyle that does not please God. Amen? And that's where we go. Well, you know, they can do it, so I, I, I'm okay too. And we violate our conscience, and we don't do it in faith, and it becomes sin. Amen? This is teaching right here. This is deep level teaching. I'm trying to get you to understand the principles that you're operating by are not giving you the results that you need in life. So in order to get the results that you need, you've got to exchange the principles. This is the exchange. Transforming. Look, a caterpillar that becomes a butterfly doesn't go back and crawl on the ground chewing up leaves anymore. Why? Because there's been a metamorphosis. They got wrapped up and changed. And when they broke out of the cocoon, they were no longer a caterpillar. They were, they became a butterfly, hopefully not a moth. You never see a butterfly crawling on the ground and chewing up leaves. You know, a caterpillar will tear up a tree quick. A whole, a whole, four or five of them can eat through a whole bush in a day. You're never going to see a butterfly. Butterfly is going to do what they do. Butterflies, butterflu. They go from, they pollinate. Come on, somebody. They help things grow. They fly over here. They get, they get something on this guy. They fly over here. They get something on this one. And it's all the seed and the blessing of God and the favor of God. All right? All right, now this is, this is where I want to transition right here. Daniel is a story about a guy who was in a process. And I want to show you this really quickly. I want to show you this process. Go to Daniel chapter 1.
Daniel chapter 1, right after Ezekiel. So look at, look at verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Now let me give you a preface. What's happened here is that Nebuchadnezzar has invaded the country of Israel. He's gone into Jerusalem and they're taking, they're taking out captives now. They've conquered this country. God's country, with people that served God and people that were back in the system again. So this chief of his court goes in and brings in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. So he's, he's given a description of the kind of people that he wants to bring back to do something, a, a special set of people. Look at verse 4. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of Babylon, the Babylonians. The king assigned them daily, the daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. Among them, these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name of Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my, my lord the king who has assigned you to eat the food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard of whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your, Lord, your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with those of the young men that eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to test them these 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days... Sorry, excuse me. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and instead gave them vegetables. Now, these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And, you know, you could keep on reading. I just basically wanted to show you just kind of a quick process. Now, this happened over a period of years to Daniel. I want to just kind of look at Daniel's process in life and i want us to kind of see where he succeeded and where we need to succeed amen you look at daniel's life you got to understand what's going on okay here is a young man he's probably 14 years old he's just completed his official jewish ceremony to become a man at age 13 the bar mitzvah so he is a, a teenage boy He's serving God. And all of a sudden, this invading army, these hostiles come into his land, and they begin to rape, murder, pillage, and plunder the people in his society. 
And they're not satisfied with just doing that. They go to the temple of his God where sacrifices are offered, where Daniel and his family have gone to worship God and to pay honor to God. Festivals all of his life. He's been going there and they go to that and they rob the temple of all the temple treasures. And then they say, look, we need some, some folks that are of nobility, some, some, some royal people. And Daniel was of the tribe of Judah. Warrior tribe of Judah. And he was nobility. That means he had a rank. I mean, his family was important. They were somebody. They were in service to God. They were in service to their tribe. They were in their society. They were educated. He's this Daniel is not a dummy. He's being trained up in a warrior tribe. And they take him and his four companions and his companions. The four of them, they're taken by the army that has raped, murdered, pillaged, and plundered, stolen from the temple. They're taken to the headquarters of this place. And Daniel's in a process. He's being asked to serve these people. Hello? Let me tell you how he was, be- he, he was asked. Let me tell you he was forced to serve these people. And let me explain to you what the force was. He was made a eunuch. Let me explain to you, in that time, the methodology that perhaps was used to make him a eunuch. If you don't know what a eunuch is, it means you don't have the function of your sexual parts any longer. You've been castrated. And it's quite possible they took this young 14-year-old boy or such, a teenager... And they castrated him. And the method probably used, several methods were used at that time, but the method probably used was to take a large stone and to crush and pulverize his testicles. Or to cut the back of his sack open and snip. Let me be a little graphic because it wasn't nothing nice. And this young boy of 14 who was growing up in a warrior tribe with a father that sang praises unto God whom he looked up to. And the men, the lion of the tribe of Judah, come on, I'm trying to tell you something here. They snatched his manhood from him and forced him to come to a position where he could never marry and father children. Then they took him and said, you're going to serve us. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to re-educate you into our way of life, into our customs. And we're going to force you to learn about our gods and our literature and the things that we do. And that's not enough because we are trying to get Jerusalem and Israel off of your mind. We're going to change your name. You're no longer going to be called Daniel My God is judge. You're now going to be called Belteshazzar, which means hidden and treasured by Baal. Baal is a false god. He was taken, plundered from his homeland, forced to become a eunuch, pulverized, and his manhood taken from him and re-educated and forced to learn about God that he did not want to worship, that everything within him was saying, don't do this. 
And they changed his name on top of all that. And called him, and every time they called him, they were calling him by the name of a false god that he didn't even serve. I can't tell you how I would react to that. I don't tell you how I could serve that man with a pure heart. All I can say is that God gave Daniel an unimaginable amount of grace to make it through this situation. But this was not his purpose. This was his process. You've got to understand something. God never authors hardship in our lives to destroy us. God never leads us into a storm to destroy us. God leads us into a storm and gives us the power to make it through so that we can conquer and do the things that he created us to do so that we get the purpose out of us. We've got to understand something here. That pain is a part of the process. But it's not the purpose. The olive from the olive tree is beaten down and falls to the ground. And it's gathered in a sack and it's put upon a flat stone and a stone is laid upon it. And they begin to roll that stone back and forth and back and forth. And when the olive is crushed, it produces the oil. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, which means the oil press. That was, one of, that was his last prayer meeting that he held. And his friends fell asleep on him, woke him up three times. And his friend came in there and betrayed him. He was symbolically in a place where they beat olives out of the tree, crushed them. And the oil flowed out. He was foreshadowing what would happen to him. He was beaten and hung on a tree and crushed. And when they pierced his hands, the blood flowed out from him. That was the process. But what's the purpose? So that you and I can have God's grace. God's grace is the ability to do what truth demands. I can't do it on my own strength, but if God gives me the ability to do what he's asking me to do, that's called grace. To make the hard decision and to finish it. To fulfill it. Daniel had to make a hard decision, but God gave him the grace to make it through that. You know, we can go on for, you know, example after example. Every single man and woman of faith in this word of God had to tap into something. God's favor, God's ability to do what was being asked of them. And that's what we're here. And that's why we came here. And that's what God is saying to us right now.
I want to just stand on your feet for a minute. And I want you to think about something that you know God is asking you to do. That you're going to need grace to do it. Pastor Joe said those three things that you want God to do. I don't know if you saw all three come to pass yet. or you. I will say, though, if you keep presenting your body a living sacrifice and they're in God's will for your life, you're going to see them come to pass. But what if God just said, I want one thing to disappear from your life today? One thing. Close your eyes now. I'm telling you, this is an intimate moment with God. This is a sober moment. This is not emotional. If you have emotions, don't worry about it. Have those emotions, but don't make this an emotional moment for the sake of working yourself up. There's enough grace floating and flowing through this room. You just got to turn the faucet on. You're already plumbed with the eternal grace of God in you. You just got to press the button to get the water to flow out so that you can refresh and hydrate the weary part of your soul. This is grace, brother. This presence upon you right here, right now. You're leaking, man. You're leaking. God's grace is just flowing over you, man. That's your anointing. That's your anointing that God is using. That's not me. That's not my anointing. I'm telling you, all I'm doing is pressing the button. You're feeling that presence so heavy, so weighty, and so powerful. But guess what? It's coming on the inside of you, not on the outside. It's just flowing over you. Just receive it right now. I'm just pressing the button. That's all I'm doing. Come on, everybody, close your eyes and take your moment with God. I'm going to obey him. Why don't you just obey him for a minute? If God asked for one thing right now that was needed to disappear out of your life, one thing that he's saying, that's it. Let me give you the grace. Like I gave Daniel the grace. I don't know how Daniel could serve such a wicked people. Friends of his family were raped and killed. Maybe his own father and mother were tortured. I don't know, but I know it. whatever it was, it was hard. And it was not reasonable for a man to do it. But God poured out his favor, his grace upon Daniel when they held him down and took his manhood, took his dreams of being a father, holding a child in his arms to having a wife. I don't know how he did it. But God's grace, the ability to do what truth demands of your life. God demanded that he go through this process because it came to a greater good. It came to make nations to know their God. It came to bring the people of God back to their homeland. It came and 3,000 years later, we're still reading a story of grace that God poured upon Daniel and it's affecting you and I even right this very moment. Daniel's torture was for you to receive grace today.
Daniel's faithfulness is the example, the standard that God is requiring of your life. There's an area that the finger of God is pressing upon right now. He's saying, I want this to disappear. This is not a gift to me. It's not a sacrifice to me. I am taking it from you so you don't destroy your life. You don't have to be with anybody but Jesus. And if he brings a person into your life, he will bless it. God's no is not for loss sake. It's not meant to harm you. God's no is him saying, I've got something better on the horizon. I got something better around the corner than what you could even handle right now. If God said no to you in an area about somebody or something in your life that you asked and you so desperately desired, friend, it's time to let go of a selfish motive, a selfish reason, a selfish thought. You just got to let it go. And letting it go is not a present to God. It's not a gift to him. It's him saying it's time to take out the trash. It's him saying I'm taking out the thing that will ultimately trip you and destroy you. Samson refused the Holy Spirit so many times. Yet the grace of God kept coming back and visiting him time and time and time again. And one time he shook himself and didn't know the Holy Ghost was no longer with him. He's with you today. And he's going to give you grace. He's going to give you the strength, the ability to do what truth demands of your life. Come on, just lift your hands as God shows you and surrender that one area. Consecrate, present your body right now, a living sacrifice. Living things move. That's what makes them alive. That's the proof of life. Dead things don't move unless they're dragged around. Present your body a living sacrifice, ready to move, ready to move, ready to go. In the strength and the power of the words that have been spoken, the prayers that have been prayed, the prophecies that have been prophesied, the baptismal waters that are still wet upon you. Go in that strength today. Go in that strength. I'm just not doing everything right. I just don't know. I, I just hear that in my spirit so, so, so clear. I want you to know it, 
you're not doing everything right, but can you just do one thing right? We just do one thing right. Just do one thing right. Process one step at a time. Just do one thing right. If that's you, come on and just acknowledge that in the in in the in, in the presence of the Spirit that's with you. Just acknowledge that I'm not doing everything right, but I'm going to do one thing right. The one thing you put your finger on, God. I'm going to do this right. I'm not looking for a second chance after this, God. I'm going to go with the first chance. I'm not giving the devil an avenue. I'm not even going by his street. I'm not turning down that road anymore. Do the one thing he's asking of you. Just do one thing. And do it right now. Do it today. And keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. will not circumvent God's presence. I will not circumvent God's power. I will not circumvent God's conviction. Not for the eyes of man. Not for my religious heart. I will not circle it. I'll not go around. I'll not be crafty about it. I'll be who I really am. Open. Naked and bared before God Almighty. Wrapped in His presence.
myself away. Give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Yeah. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Yeah. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Jesus. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am. Lord, my life is in and I'm longing to see all your desires fulfilled in me. Give myself away, yeah. I give myself away. So you come on, sing it. Come on, sing it again. Give myself away so you can use me. Now do it right here. Come on, seal it up. I'm doing it. Hallelujah. Seal it up. This is the process. Come on, just just take a minute more. It's okay. Process it. The Spirit is bringing up situations and bringing up thoughts. Just process it.
and just process it. Come on, process his forgiveness on you right now. Come on and just begin to allow his forgiveness to find its way to the areas that you feel are unforgivable. Things that you still regret. Come on, let the process just 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 find those areas, find those areas, find those areas and let the forgiveness of God strike them down. Knock them over. All those temples that you have erected, that you worship at, your unforgiveness, the places that you worship in your life that you believe you're not forgiven of, you're worshiping those things. You have built idols because God never put them up in your life. Let the grace, the ability to do what truth demands. Truth is that he forgave you. Now let grace destroy those temples of unforgiveness and those temples of where you say, I will never be forgiven for blank. I'll never be forgiven when I did blank. Come on, process that. Come on, let it strike it down. Let it knock over that false idol. Let it knock over. Let the grace and forgiveness of the Lord knock over failures of the past. Let it, let it be destroyed so there's no ground, there's no monument, there's no place to worship those mistakes. When you devote your time and attention and concentration on those things, you're worshiping it. Ask God to forgive you. Now tell yourself you're forgiven. Now take grace and say, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I just hear that, you know, this has been a a paralysis. I forgive myself. I forgive myself for dwelling on it, for making it more, making it not only a one time, but a behavior that came into my life. I forgive myself for not letting it go. I forgive myself for not allowing the grace to meet me where I am. I forgive myself. Come on, I'm telling you, there's real power here.
listen to me, Mo. <laughs> you are complete in him. That's it. That's it. No one's going to complete you. No one's going to uh, complete who you are. You're complete in him and him alone. That's it. That's it. You don't need anybody to fit any extra into your life that he can't already fulfill. If you walk as that completed person, then God will make that um, that combining of the two more complete. You got to be complete in Him first.
Jesus. And Lord God, he had a word. He had a word to speak over those nations and say those things that needed to be said. Lord, I bless him to be able to go out in the spirit like that, to be snatched up like that, Lord God. Uh, Father, I thank you for his, his patience. Father, even on this day, Lord God, you saw your son, Lord God. And you blessed his life, Lord God. You prepared him for this moment. Thank you for the processes. Thank you for the processes, God, that he's been moving through. Lord, thank you, God, that he's not his only, he's not only a, an, an earthly father's son, but he's the heavenly father's son. And Lord God, let him just, just let him just cling to the attributes of his heavenly dad right now. And let him emulate them, God. Let him project them onto the spiritual sons that you're going to give him, Lord God. The ones that are that are ones that are coming into his and into his words, coming into his reasoning, coming into his principles that you've revealed to his life, Lord God. Now, Father, you said you're a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. I speak a diligence over his life. Diligence over his life, God, like never before. real grace, Lord God, the ability to do what truth demands of his life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. dismiss, not right this second, we're going to dismiss in a few moments but I really feel that dismissal is not just to go to get the lunch and do it, I really feel that dismissal for some of you is to grab your word to grab that Bible and to just take it for a moment and hold it, treasure it and hear from God you can hear from God his sheep know his voice You, you can hear from God okay He's going to speak a scripture. He may speak a name of a person. He may speak a scripture verse. He may speak a chapter verse. He may speak a book or a prophet. But please don't just rush off and go and do and get back into. Just walk in this realm for a minute. And and, and put something in your life that you picked up. That you heard from God yourself. I know God uses men and God and pastors and apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists. That's what he does. That's what he does. But he also speaks to his own son, his own daughter. Could you imagine if the only time your dad talked to you was through your big brother? Or what if the only time you wanted to talk to your dad was when you went to your big brother and said, come on, let's go talk to dad. You know, I don't mind praying with you and getting through with you, but listen, there comes a time where you said, you know, big brother, thank you for sharing with me how dad is. You know what? I need a man up. I need a woman up. And I need to go up into the presence of my God and my father. And I really need to just talk to him as a, as a son, as a daughter talks to their parent. Share, share with your father. It's okay to share your concerns, your worries, your fears. You cast your cares upon him. That's what he's there for. But don't cast your cares upon him, your worries and your fears, and then walk out of his presence dragging it behind you all the way. Don't do that. Leave it there at the foot of the cross so that when he breathes the breath of fire upon those worries, cares, and concerns, it is consumed by an all-consuming fire, and it is no more. Take a moment. Grab your word as God tells you. 
as he tells you, now these altars are going to be open. I'm going to ask that if we can have somebody either playing a, a worship or, or we can put something on. But grab your Bible, grab a pen, and write something down that God says. It may be a word, one word. It may be a name, one name. Don't limit him. Let him talk to you. Father, I speak joy in this place. I speak joy, (laughs) unspeakable and full of glory in this place. Making sober-minded decisions doesn't mean being sad and depressed over it. It means I recognize that now I'm making a decision to get the victory. I'm making a decision and I'm putting myself in a position that I'm going to conquer and take back the things that have been stolen out of my life. And there comes a real exuberance, a real faith, a real tenacity. Come on, somebody. A relentlessness that the pursuit of this process that I am on will not be finished until God says it's finished. And when it is finished, He knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I'll come forth as gold that has been tried in the furnace of affliction. Because I'm valuable to Him. Because I'm like gold to Him. I'm like precious rubies, emeralds, and gems. So I'm precious in His sight. His great thoughts about me today, when I woke up, His mercies had been already renewed upon my life. When I, when, when I go, went to think about Him, He had already thought about me so many times that if I were to count the number of sand upon the seashore, it wouldn't be enough to tell of all the great thoughts that He had for me just today alone. Just today alone, He's already thought about me. He's thought about me to infinity. His infinite mind has thought about me in my finite state. His infinite wisdom is descending now upon me. His prayers, He ever lives to make intercession for my life. He stands in the gap. He is my one mediator between me and God the Father. He is my Jesus. He is my soon coming King. He is my conquering Lord. And He has helped me. He has given me and helped me to gain the victory today. In the name of Jesus, I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. My testimony says that I am filled with the Holy Ghost. My testimony says that I am free from worry, confusion, doubt, bitterness, anger, resentment, rejection. My testimony says I am free. Now worship Him.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, gracias, Señor. We love you. We love you, God. If I could just get your attentions for a few moments, please. I know some of you want to linger in His presence. This is what we're going to do. God says, saves the best for last. So don't be in a hurry. Don't go back to Chicago yet. There's more to come, and it's still right here. Lunch will be roughly in about 15 minutes. So around 12.15, it will be ready. You have until 2 o'clock to enjoy whatever time you want. Just come back here so we can start, please, promptly at 2. And that last session will be done by 4, and you'll be on the road at home by 5. Adults, you have your cars, different things. There's some lunch places down the road. What you paid for, what we're providing, is in the cafeteria. But this is what I would ask. The band's going to stay here as long as there's hungry hearts. And just bask in his presence a little bit. When the band has to get some lunch, they're going to put back on prayer music. So this will be a sacred place until two o'clock amen so we're going to sing that song give myself away if you have to go go no condo bondo we'll see you at two but if you want to linger you don't even have to rush lunch is not even ready yet it will be in about 15 minutes so let's just transition i'll pray for the food now and let you do what you feel is best father we thank you that you're here right now and that we're going deeper and deeper with you. We've given this weekend for Holy Ghost refreshing, for outpouring. And Lord, we want to get every drop of it, God, every bit of it. So now, Lord, as we transition into worship and private soaking and private devotion to God, we pray that you'll bless our meal, our food, our fellowship, those that need to move in and out. Bless them. And God, let this weekend keep going in your glory. We're hungry for what you have for us now and at our next session at 2. So be with us. Bless our meals and fellowship in this time of worship. In Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's bless him. God bless you. Move as you feel the Lord leads you. I know I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Band, would you lead us in that song? Thank you.